Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Tax Wrap podcast, episode 208. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Now, today uh, I speak with Tax and Super Australia's Tax Council, John Jeffries, on um, the end of the FBT year, which is coming up fast. Uh, what you need to do uh, to get ready, what your clients need to give you so that um, they can get the best out of the FBT return and hopefully earn some more fees for yourself. Uh, we also, uh, at the last few minutes of this podcast, there's a little amusing um, aside uh, from the Corporate Tax Association, so please stay tuned for that as well. Okay. John, the uh, FBT year end is upon us, and it always sneaks up on me. It's, uh, I know it's, um, what is it, M- um, April to March each yes. year, <clears throat> and uh, so we're in February, March is around the corner, and of course at the end of March is the end of the FBT year. So um, as practitioners, what's, what's involved with the FBT year, and how should people be prepared? What's the usual procedure? Well... Uh, Steve, the uh, we w- reason we wanted to do this podcast now was just uh, for those who are thinking about the FBT year end yeah. uh, to get ready for it mm. and uh, uh, if possible for our members to having have conversations with their clients, uh, help the clients and maybe even earn some more fees for yourself. So right. uh, coming up to FBT year end, there's documentation that needs to be in place, um, autometer records and logbooks. Mm. And uh, you need to be sorting yourself out as to what you're going to do with entertainment and whether you had functions that were entertainment and were um, employees entertained and so on. On average, FBT, fringe benefits are a big part of uh, your normal taxpayers' tax affairs. I haven't got a really clear idea about that. Um, I think it's fair to say that in the small business community, it is a somewhat under-reported tax. Uh, people kind of get the idea with cars for the most part, for mm. the most part, but many benefits are provided to employees that I think just slip through the net, okay. either because they don't realise that they're taxed or it's just um, a bit uh, too difficult to put the benefit in okay. an FBT yeah. tax return for mm. some taxpayers, and I think that most accountants will appreciate what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, but, but it is something that could be picked up in, say, an audit or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I actually, I just looked at the um, tax re- uh, tax officer's annual report, oh, right. uh, and over the last three years, the amount of FBT that has been collected has been declining from about uh, four billion down to about three point eight billion. Oh. So a drop. Now, I'm not quite sure why that is. Some of it may be because uh, people are not buying so many new cars. That might be something to do with it, but um, one wouldn't expect necessarily that the FBT would be dropping over that period, and the tax office has certainly made some noises about the fact that uh, they think that FBT is not being reported as it should be. No, no, I wonder also, as staff come and go, I wonder if employers are of a mind that say, oh, FBT, it's a bit difficult, let's pay this new guy just in cash and... See how we go. I don't know. I don't know how it all. That may be. Yes, but I I suspect that there are some benefits that change hands that no one ever thinks about fringe benefits tax, and uh, it's probably just not a top of mind 
st- uh, type of tax. I can imagine that. Like mm. someone else comes in and says, oh, we'll pay your school fees, and they don't think, oh, maybe there's a tax on that. Mm. That's what the old guy did. Yes. Okay, so how, how does a practitioner help their clients with the FBTU? Well, uh, what we're doing with this, Steve, is just releasing a short pro forma letter, which you'll be able to find on the website. Okay. Now, it's a fairly, um, what I'll, I'll call just a low-key prompt. It's not hitting, It's not hard-hitting, you know, make sure you get your FBT paid, yeah. but it's just a, a prompt there for those practitioners that want to uh, help their clients just to think about it, okay. and uh, you might find yourself being able to earn a few extra fees by yep. having a discussion about FBT, uh, maybe an FBT return, and so we make some of the points uh, that I'll come to in this uh, podcast about, for example, just how broad FBT can be. Right. Just be, be, interrupt briefly, John, I'll, just to, for listeners' benefit, so in the transcript of this podcast, I'll put the link under the words pro forma letter to a Word document that you can download and use in for your own purposes. Yeah, so one of the things about the Fringe Benefits Law, which has been in since 1987, is that it was very cleverly drafted. To, that is, cleverly drafted to extract as much tax as possible. Hmm. And so the way they did it was they said everything is a benefit except if it's excluded. <laughs> and so that is a... Uh, good drafting technique. So, so everything that you get that's a benefit that's not cash could be taxed, except if it's in this list of things that aren't. Yes, okay. that's right. All so, right. for example, if you go and use the toilet, that is considered to be a benefit. <laughs> okay. And it is specifically exempted under okay. subsection 4 of section 47. Oh, I thought I had to say it. Okay. Yes, it's <laughs> actually, the word's actually there, including bathrooms and vending machines, and tea and coffee making facilities, water dispensers, and the like. (laughs) And so um, the the other technique is that there is also what's known as a residual fringe benefit. So there's a set of various types of benefits, cars and debt waivers and housing and so on. But if all of those don't get you, then there's another one called the residual fringe benefit. That is... We're the last man standing, and if we haven't got you beforehand, now we're going to get you. (laughs) And so here we are, Steve, uh, sitting, talking to one another. Now, uh, I'm sitting on a chair, you're sitting on a chair. Uh, That is a benefit. And, of course, that has to be specifically excluded, which it is. But, of course, uh, we're also having a conversation with each other. Now, whether talking with me is of a benefit, uh, I'll leave the listeners to make up their own mind (laughs) about that. Uh, But let's say I'm getting a benefit from talking to you, Steve, which is undoubtedly the case. Now, what happens is that that type of benefit comes into a residual fringe benefit, Mm. and the question then becomes, what is the market value of a conversation with Steve Burnham. <laughs> and so uh, now many people might think that's a highly valuable thing. But I've got some small change. <laughs> <laughs> but probably the market value is of a relatively low amount, mm. and so therefore there's no taxable value. But the point of all of this, apart from all of the levity, is the to understand that everything is a benefit unless there is something that is in the law that excludes it. Mm. And so therefore, um, if you have that kind of mindset when you're thinking about FBT... Uh, you are more likely to pay the right amount of tax. Oh, okay. And I suspect that that's why a lot of people don't pay a, oh, the right so amount of tax. So keep that in mind when you're thinking yeah. about fringe benefits. Okay, yep. Mm. All right. Um, of course, the big one that you mentioned before was, is vehicles. Yes. Um, that's, that's a big one. 
So yeah. cars are by far and away the biggest benefit. Right. And the key decision here you've got to make is whether you're going to use the statutory method or the operating cost method. Right. Now, uh, if you use the operating cost method, that does require a, lo- a logbook uh, to be kept for a 12-week period, and it has to be refreshed every five years. Yep. But I'll just quote you this one example that I heard recently from a member. They had a tax officer audit of a client who yep. had an operating cost method. They'd done the logbook. And um, they kept most of their expenses, but there was one receipt for one visit to a petrol station that they couldn't produce, the client couldn't produce, and the tax office knocked out the whole of the use of the logbook, which I think is rather poor form from the tax officer's point of view, but there you go. Is that within the law, though? That's... They can do that? Um, I think that's that's really stretching it a right. bit far. Yeah. Um, if you've done the logbook and you've got pretty much all of the expenses, to then just say that uh, the whole uh, arrangement is not going to work simply because you can't produce a particular receipt mm. of a visit to a petrol station. Um, that yeah, is, is, is that a concern, though? Would that be sort of precedential? I mean, does it set a standard that... It, uh, it raises the question is what uh, is being taught mm. in the tax office oh. and whether, in fact, that was a standard practice. Mm. But, look, the bottom line is that, is that the tax office is getting uh, very strong on substantiation and fringe benefits tax isn't any different. Yep. And so this is part of the, the process is if you're coming up to the end of the FBT year, just try to get as much of that documentation yep. in place as you can because frequently what happens is that the audits come you know, a year or two after you put in your tax return, everybody's forgotten about it, and then you scramble around looking for oh, documents. Course, yeah. And yeah. so if you can avoid that, uh, that's all well and good. Uh, does FBT seem to have more um, documentation required, do you think? Is it, I get the feeling it... Um, yes, that, that probably is the case, particularly mm. in relation to declarations. So employees uh, often have got to make a declaration about how much they use something, yeah. uh, and this is going uh, mainly towards the otherwise deductible rule. So they might say, yes, I use this particular item of property 70% for business purposes, yeah. and that's your declaration. Now, if you don't have that declaration, then... Uh, you don't have a basis on which to calculate your FBT liability yep. Yep. and the tax office will just uh, default to it being 100%. Now, I know there's a list of declaration forms, which again, listeners, I'll put a link to in the uh, in the uh, podcast uh, page. But um, So you, then you sign that declaration, that's your, your legal statement that I have stated that I use this much, etc. Yes, okay. and that's all that the employer can be expected to obtain in relation to certain sorts of benefits. You just have to get a statement from the employee saying, I used it X percent for Mm. this purpose. Mm. And you mentioned logbooks, of course. That's another... um, Yes. uh, uh, Yeah, particularly in relation to uh, vehicles. Um, I don't think anybody likes keeping logbooks, but Mm. nevertheless, that's what the law says, and uh, they need to be kept properly, and um, you've just got to encourage your employees to do it correctly. So what sort of other... Documentation is usually needed, like receipts for what, for instance? Yeah, you might uh, have employees incurring expenses uh, on their own account, and so it's best to make sure you've got the receipts for all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, um, the, the tax office could go through employee reimbursements or uh, oh, yeah. things like that in your uh, general ledger. Yep. 
and uh, they might say, well, okay, this amount of money was paid to Jack. Uh, what did Jack spend his money on? And was that otherwise deductible or was that actually a benefit for him? Mm. And if you haven't got the receipt, then you've got a problem. Okay. And entertainment's a, another thing, I believe? Yes. So um, entertainment can create fringe benefits. Uh, and, of course, uh, one of the issues is whether, in fact, entertainment is there in the first place. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, who or what you were doing uh, while a meal was being served can be an issue. Um, there's also the question of whether you use the 50-50 uh, method or the logbook method as well. So those kind of decisions need to be made. Mm. And so you, but you, you've got to extract that information from each client. Each case will be different, of course. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned that there are a lot of exemptions. Mm. Uh, can you go through what's the, you know, the, the general, the more common sure. exemptions? Yeah, so there are quite a lot of exemptions, mm. and the, these are only just a few of them. So the ones uh, that we like to refer to mostly is the minor and infrequent benefit. Now, you just got to be careful with this. So people think, oh, less than $300, therefore it is minor and infrequent. Just remember that it has to be infrequent. Right. So uh, if you're giving somebody a benefit $300 a month, then that's not infrequent. It's regular. Oh, it so is. it has to be minor, that is the $300, and infrequent. Um, so uh, And those sorts of things happen very frequently in employment situations. Yep. And so it can cover a lot of uh, various benefits. But just what's the ones that actually um, the employer has some kind of a habit of giving to yeah, people yeah. on regular basis. I, I do hear minor and frequent in terms of the Christmas function at the end yes. of the year. That's only once a year, so that, that's, that's yes. frequent. Um, I suppose there's many others that come in there. So um, one of the other uh, very common ones these days is the exemption for portable electronic devices oh, right. and computer software. Yep. And accountants themselves may be thinking hard about this particular one because of the move oh. from Auskey to MyGovID My yes, and the need yeah. for all employees to have their own smartphone. Now, um, various firms have had uh, issues with this as to do they provide uh, mobile phones to everybody or yep. do they just buy them for certain people who don't have them or, uh, you know, what do we do? And so that issue about whether that's subject to FBT is something that you might need to think about. Mm. But remember that the device has got to be primarily for work purposes. Right. So primarily tends to mean... 50% or greater, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so you'll need to stipulate to your employees that that's what's got to be. But is it? Do you expect, just on a slight aside, John, do you expect any guidance from the ATO on this MyGovID issue of devices? Are we expecting any... And, and deductibility. And deductibility, of um, It's certainly been raised with them. Yeah. Um, whether they'll put out any extra information on this or whether they might have a change in policy mm. on this, I don't know. But it's certain the matter's certainly been raised uh, with the tax office through the tax practitioner stewardship group that I sit on. Yes. And one hopes that something might come out that is more clearer, particularly for... Um, or employees of accounting firms. Yes, of course. And, and TikTok, the time's uh, running out, isn't it? Mm. Okay. But back to FPT. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, what else are we looking at for so, exemptions? Look, there's lots of other things. Uh, for example, removal of and storage of household effects as a result of a relocation. Oh, of course. And uh, there are some other relocation-style benefits that are there where you have to incur expenses because you need to sell your place, um, connection or reconnection of utilities. Mm-hmm. Um, 
things like newspapers and periodicals that are bought uh, for business purposes, they perhaps may have been otherwise deductible anyway, but Mm. nevertheless they're there. And there's certain taxi travel which um, also comes into into play there. As a suggestion, what I would say to firms is have a run through those exemptions that are in the FBT law and just become familiar with them. Um, And uh, you might find that uh, you'll help a client just because you're familiar with those exemptions. Yes, yes, and and that that, that they will not have thought of because there's so many. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see. That's good good advice. All right, well, as as you said, the FBT year end coming very soon, March 31. Uh, So it's a great idea to, to advise clients that they should start to think about these things, get their records in order if they can. And uh, as we said earlier, there's a pro forma letter that you might like to send out that I'll provide a link to. All right. Uh, it's it, it's a, not that it surprises me, but it's always a deadline coming with tax. Mm. Um, sometimes, you know, if an editor says, I want this story in two weeks' time, you can work with that. But for things that are on the calendar year, one, well, I do, tend to forget about until they're right on, on your shoulders. And uh, the end of the FBT year seems to be one of them. All right, John, thanks very much for your advice. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, listeners. Please stay tuned. And I'm back. Thanks for waiting. Now, um, each week I get a newsletter from the Corporate Tax Association, uh, or CTA. Now, the Corporate Tax Association is the key representative body for major companies in Australia on corporate tax issues. And they have a great newsletter which comes out each week, um, put out by the Executive Director, Michelle Denise. Um, and last week's uh, newsletter was uh, a nice one. It had a very um, humorous and uh, funny piece that I thought I'd share with you contributed by uh, the Assistant Director, Paul Supree, and it's to do with Valentine's Day, because Valentine's Day was just the last the Friday before. And I thought you'd find this amusing. Anyway, just to read from the newsletter, uh, CTA, Love, Tax and Valentine's Day is the heading. So what does the Corporate Tax Association, Love, Tax and Valentine's Day, have in common? Quite a lot, actually. Paul writes... Uh, Anyone who comes to the Corporate Tax Association offices and asks for the Wi-Fi password is confronted with their uh, We Love Tax passcode, which, by the way, has been changed for security reasons. Um, Paul writes, as we all know, there is a love tax. It morphs in different ways, from taking your better half to dinner, to the bunch of roses, the restaurant, or the glass of bubbly. But the CTA thinks there's a sound policy case for not taxing love. Uh, Love is... Actually, one thing you can give is and is, is endless. It actually isn't a scarce resource. You can love your kids, but it doesn't mean you love your partner any less. So you can't impose a rent tax on principle. It is an outgoing, but not a loss, so you can't deduct it. And it is, of course, private and domestic in nature in any event. It does come in, so it's income, but its market value can't be measured. So that should be a nil result for income tax purposes. Is it a capital gain? Absolutely. But the cost base can be pretty high. If you have ever fallen out of love, you might have some carry-forward losses as cover as well. Is it a fringe benefit? Well, the Corporate Tax Association is not sure that all employers love their employees like it does, uh, but if they did, it should be reflected in the salary and other benefits provided. Um, If you registered for GST and supply love enterprisingly... (laughs) Do you have to charge GST or do you really care as the input tax credit for getting loved can be greater and maybe are in for a refund? But of course, reality hits home if you're a top 100 or top 1000 lover. 
It doesn't matter about the tax analysis of love. You still have to justify to the love police that you are giving the right amount of love. You then waste your time constantly justifying love, and as a result, it may be that you end up hating love instead. Anyway, I, f- I thought that was very good. So um, I checked with Michelle Denise, the Executive Director at Corporate Tax Association, if I could share Paul Supri's, the Assistant Director's, uh, thoughts on Valentine's Day and love and tax, and so I just did. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, that's all from us this week. Thank you very much for listening. Please tune in again next time. <laughs>